We want you to have your Bibles ready. Amen. We're going to take a look at a cult who has taken somebody very familiar in the Bible and turned them into a god. And just because a few words were said in the Bible, they have twisted it and turned this person into a god when they are nowhere near a god. This cult is a perfect one to start off our Christmas month. Because you see manger scenes that have their symbol all over it every year. It is a cult I'm well familiar with. I know because I was in it. I am speaking of the Roman Catholic Church. Yes. Now the person I want to speak about and start with tonight, the, the, where they've gone wrong, is they say they love Jesus. But in actuality, their God is a goddess called Mary. Now, for those of you that are Catholic, please, please, please don't turn the sermon off now. You need to hear this truth. This is something that had to be told me. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I was an altar boy. I know what you teach. I know what is taught. And in fact, it used to be they had no problem with you average Catholics opening, opening your Bible and studying them. But now, today, they tell you, right now, you cannot interpret the Scriptures without your father, the priest. Uh. Sorry, Catholics, but it's the same thing that the Jehovah's Witness pull... It's the same thing the Mormons pull. It's the same thing that the Islam people pull. And let me tell you something. You happily will call a JW a cult. You will call a Mormon a cult. But you and your leaders especially do the same thing. So, in that event... If you call them cults, why isn't it fair for us to look at your cult and your church and say, are they in fact the same? Well, let's take a look. First, about Mary, who you guys hold in such high regard. Let's look at the verses that it talks about her and see if they mean what has been taught you, okay? You guys say, well, and the scripture does say this, it says that she's going to be called blessed, or blessed. Now let's see what it means, though. Ruth, I want you to get Luke one twenty-eight, and at the same time you're going to read 28, you're going to read 42 of the same chapter, and then... And then 48. Now, Danny, you follow along with this too. 
Luke 1, 28, 42, and 28, all out of the same chapter. And we're going to see what it has to say. Okay? Ruthie. Yeah, yeah Luke, Luke 1, 8, uh, Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 28. Then she's going to read verse 42. Then she'll read verse 48. She's going to read three verses here for us. Okay, this is Luke one twenty-eight, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Okay, then Luke one forty-two, And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And then Luke one forty-eight, For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Now, hello, let's stop right here. Now, while I'm getting ready to say something here, Danny, I want you to go to Luke 11, 27 and 28, okay? I want you to get your Bible there. And I want you to notice something back at Luke 2. Luke 1, I should say. Nowhere did the angel, nowhere did Elizabeth, and nowhere did Mary herself say that she was God. It said she was blessed or blessed. Uh, hello, are you trying to say you are a God when the Bible says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. Yes. Huh? No, it's the same word. It means happy. And it goes on further. The angel said, Thou art highly favored. Didn't say worship. It said favored. That means that God, of all the women that he could have picked in Israel at that time, and some were still virgins at the very moment Mary was, it was Mary to whom he chose. Not only because she was a virgin, Ruth, but she had to be of the right lineage. So that already narrowed it down to the house of David. So, but even at that time, there were other virgins who were of the lineage of David. It just happened to be that Mary was the one that God used. And the reason she was blessed, Catholics is not be just because she carried the Son of God, not because she carried Jesus, who is the Christ, who is God himself. It's not just because of that. Not because she was favored amongst all the women. It was because Mary herself took and was willing, a willing vessel, that's what made her blessed. God knew she'd be willing to do this and be willing that even if it meant her death, she would do it. And she easily could have been stoned to death. All right, Danny, Luke 11, 27, 28. And it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman... Of the, of, the com of the company lifted up her voice 
and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bear thee, that the, that the paps which thou hast sucked. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> In the next verse, Danny, go on. He said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Uh, come on now! Catholics, do you see that? It isn't just the fact that Mary's blessed. Guess who's even more blessed? Wait a minute. It isn't just Mary to whom was the mother of Jesus. This person came up to Jesus and says, You know, your mother must be really blessed, really godly, really honorable. They were trying to turn Mary into a god then. And what happened? What did Jesus say? Because they were trying to say, oh, you know, she had to be very, very good with God. If, if, if she had been who, the one that carried you, your mother must have been really blessed. And he said, wait, 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 wait. I want to tell you who's even more blessed. Ruth, do you want to be even more blessed than Mary? Danny, do you want to be more blessed than Mary? Read verse 28. Blessed, rather, blessed is he who, keep, who, who grabs the word of God and keeps it. Yes. Woo! If I only could keep the word of God. Think about that. You're even more blessed than what they say Mary is. So it isn't Mary... It's the fact it's her son who you need to look at. Amen. Now, let's go look at something that's very common for Catholics. Every Mass. Okay, Catholics, every Mass. You go in and you say the Lord's Prayer. Okay? We all know it. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Ruthie, you want to grab that for me? Matthew 6, 9 to 13 contains the words of the Lord's Prayer. Now, there's something interesting here I want to point out. All right? Matthew 9, I'm Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Ruth? After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Uh, I've got a couple problems there, Catholics. Something you don't know, and you need to look at. Number one, it says in after this manner. Look, my karaoke is after the manner of the demo model that was first produced. My, uh, when I go and buy a Chevrolet, a 1988 Chevrolet, it's based off of the first one that was ever made before it ever hit the market. 
But that doesn't mean the one I have is the one that came off the assembly line first that went through all the crash tests. Hello? It's what Jesus was saying is after this type of prayer, after this example is the way you should pray. And when you look at it, it starts out our Father, which means, okay, Jesus who's in heaven, you're addressing the prayer to God, hallowed, you ought to give God some glory. And I mean, the God. And it doesn't say, our mother who art in heaven. You don't pray, hail Mary. This ain't about Mary. It's our Father, not Mary. You don't say, Mary, forgive us our sins. You're supposed to be talking to our Father who art in heaven. You're supposed to give... Him glory, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, His, not Mary's, kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Hello, you're calling yourself a beggar. Did you know that? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It means basically, not only are you a beggar, but you're a debtor. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And hello, Catholics, did you ever notice something? Go stand in front of a mirror, and with your left hand, take a jar of lipstick, a thing of lipstick, and with your right hand, wherever you see your right hand go in the mirror, you draw with the lipstick. And you start by going from head down as you do in your cross to, for prayer. And draw that on there, the line that you make. And after you're done, then when you go shoulder to shoulder, draw that part of the cross that you're making and take a good look close at it. You're going to find out you're praying to an upside-down God. Hello, you know what the upside-down cross means, Catholics? Uh, Satanism. Hello, that's what you've been doing every day when you go to each of your meals and you do that little cross. <laughs> you're praying to, praying to the devil. Amen. Check it out. Go. You don't believe me. Go check it out in the mirror. You'll see what I'm talking about. Amen. I, th this is stuff that I know. Like I said, I've been there. Been there, done that. Now, wait a minute. You believe in what Mary says so much. You believe she's so good. Okay, l let me ask you something. When was the last time you did what she said? Well, what did she say? Uh, did you know she actually told you to do something in the Bible? Well, let's take a look at what she told you to do. Danny, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 17 and verse 5. Now, this is talking about the wedding at Cana. And he tells us something here. She tells the people to do something. The wedding at Cana, here's what she tells them. Matthew 17 and 5. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud. No, 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 no. Sat of them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, yeah. which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Okay, I'm sorry. This ain't Mary talking. This is God talking. Excuse me. The Father. What did the Father say? Hear ye him. Did the Father say, hear Mary? No. Now let's take a look at another one. 
Mark 9, 7, Ruth. Mark 9 and 7. We're going to find the same thing. Mark 9, 7. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, "This is my beloved son. Hear him." Uh, that's two times, two different disciples verified that God said to hear Jesus, hear him. Danny, Luke nine and thirty-five. Luke nine and thirty-five. Now let's look. We're going to see it a third time. Amen. Luke 9 and 35. There came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. Now, three times it says, God said, hear him. But now, wait a minute. What did Mary have to say? John 2 and 5, Ruth. Now we're going to see what Mary had to say. The wedding at Cana... Now, if she was God, she sure enough could have done something herself. But let's take a look at this. John 2 and 5. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Huh? She said, okay, I'm going to bless it. And I'm going to do what I got to do. No. Mary, if she was really God and so blessed as the Catholic Church teaches, she could have turned that water into wine, but she didn't do it. She said, whatsoever He, Jesus says, you do what He says. Now, if she was God, she sure enough wouldn't have been telling Him that. So, not only God the Father... But Mary herself bared witness to the same thing. You must listen to Jesus alone. Well, Catholics, if you got Mary in such a high regard, why aren't you doing what she said? Listen to Jesus. Well, let's find out what some things that uh, was said by Jesus and what he taught. First thing, you know what Jesus said? <laughs> Hello, Catholics, you're not going to like this. Let's take a look at it. Danny? Matthew 23 and verse 9. Hello, Catholics. You need to read this verse. This is what Jesus said. And Mary said, what Jesus says you're supposed to do. Hello. Let's take a look at it. Hello. Ex-followers of Jim Jones, too. Amen. Matthew 23, 9. Told you all have your Bibles open tonight. Amen. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Hello? So every time you go to that little confession booth and say, Father, I have sinned. First off, he's not your mediator. Secondly, he ain't your father. Thirdly, he couldn't forgive your sin. And I. And fourthly, I wouldn't go to a confession booth confessing my sins to a bigger sinner than I am. 
Amen. He can't forgive you. <laughs> Come on. That guy can't forgive you. Only Jesus can. Yeah. Now, did you know, Catholics, even Mary was a sinner? Let me give you a couple of points. Number one, in Luke chapter 2, you find that when Mary had given birth, she went to the temple, and what did she do? She offered the turtle doves for her cleansing. Go check it out, Catholics. It's in there. She offered turtle doves for her cleansing because she herself was a sinner. If she was God, and if she was holy enough to forgive people's sins and to be a mediator between God and man, she herself would not have needed to give the turtle doves. But secondly, can I really prove Mary's sin to you? I'm going to show you really where Mary is a sinner. Okay? I know I'm hurting your God, but we're going to have to do this to show you the truth. Uh, we need Luke 1 and 32. Luke 1 and 32. Ruthie, it's your turn. Luke 1 and 32. <laughs> okay, he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now think about that. Who was speaking? The angel. Who was he speaking to? Mary. What was he saying to her? Your son is actually going to be God in the flesh. He is God. Okay? Now, I want you to pay attention to that. If Mary knew Jesus was going to be God in the flesh, which was painfully obvious from the verse you just read, Luke one thirty-two, if she knew it, which she did, she was forewarned. She was forewarned by the prophecy with Simeon at his birth and at his uh, circumcision that he would be the rise and fall of many. She knew he was God. Mary knew it. But something interesting happens. Jesus becomes 12 years old. And guess what happens? Let's look at Luke 2 and 48. Luke 2, 48, Danny. And we're going to find out something about Joseph and Mary... And the sin of Mary and Joseph. I want you to take a look at this. Luke 2.48, Danny. Luke 2 and 48. When they saw him, they were amazed. His mother said unto him, Son, hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Huh? Now, wait a minute. If you look at that story, they had went when Jesus was 12 years old. 
They went up to the temple to sacrifice. They was all done. Them and their kindred. That's the way they traveled back in that day. They all were headed back. Yes, it was common custom that the kids might uh, shift amongst the uncles, the aunts, and the cousins, far removed, whatever. But they would be close enough that it wouldn't be that hard to find them. And it sure as enough wouldn't take you three days. Right? So, here they were, headed home. All of a sudden, they see Jesus is missing. Now, wait a minute. Obviously, how would they have known he was missing? Because they already looked. But yet, instead of saying, okay, wait a minute, Every, everybody we've asked said he ain't around. Okay, hold it, right there, instead of stopping and saying, wait a minute, we know where he's at, if he's the son of God, and since Joseph is not his real father, he's going to be where his daddy is. He's going to be back at the temple. Instead, what did they do? They continued their search. Until the point that they were literally worried and crying because they missed him. See, there's the key a lot of people don't see. And even some Catholics will say, well, you know, that's just the way they traveled back then. And no, they weren't really worried. No, it says, she said, and we sought you sorrowing. They got to the point of actually sadness and missing Jesus that bad. And if they had only remembered and had the thoughtfulness and the forthrightness to remember what God had promised them and kept that in their hearts, it, she would have automatically known, wait a minute, he ain't amongst the people here? No sense even worrying about it. We know where he's at. There's one place he's going to be. He's going to be back at church. You know what, though? They looked everywhere else, and then finally, as a last resort, went back to the temple. Hello? Mary herself, Joseph himself, they were both sinners. So Mary cannot be God, because if, if she was, she sure enough would already knew where Jesus was. Wouldn't have even had to be sorrowing. Amen. Now, wait a minute. Let's take a look at something else here. Okay, Ruthie. First John two and twenty three. First John two twenty three. You've heard that old song, you can't have one without the other. Well, let's see something that you can't have one without the other. First John two twenty three. Whosoever denieth the son, the same hath not the father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Hello, Catholics. If you're praying to Mary, you ain't got the Father. Because you, you, you denied the Son. When Jesus said you're supposed to pray, Our Father, but yet you're praying, Hail Mary, you've denied the Father. You denied the Son also. And if you ain't got the Father, you ain't got the Son. You can't have one without the other. Hello? <laughs> Sorry about that, boys, but you're stuck with it. Let me tell you something. For you that love Mary, let me show you a scripture you need to put into your heart. Danny, 1 Timothy 2 and 5. And while we're looking at that, Ruthie, we need you at John 14, 6. 
But Danny, First Timothy. There is one God and one mediator between God, the man, God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Hello, Catholics. When you say "Hail Mary," please forgive us our sins and all that stuff. We poor sinners and all that goody-goody stuff. You you made Mary your mediator. Bible says there's only one mediator, and it even names him Christ Jesus. Hello, Mary says what he says you're supposed to do. He's your mediator. Okay, Mary. Okay, people. All right, Catholics. Whatsoever he saith, that's Jesus, do ye, Ruth, John 14, 6. Everybody's familiar with this. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Hi. Hello, Catholics. We've got a problem with that, don't you? There's only one way. You can't go through the father of your parish. You can't go through Mary. There's only one way into heaven, and his name is Jesus. Anything, Jesus said, anyone that comes up any other way, because he said, I am the door by the sheep, where the sheep must come into the fold. Anyone that comes up any other way, he's a thief and a robber. Amen. Okay, now. Danny, I want you to read Acts 4.12. And Ruth, you're going to be at John 3.3. 3. Danny, Acts 4.12. We've already seen one, one mediator. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Hello? There's only one mediator, Christ. There's only one way, Christ. There is only one... Hello? Check it out. Now it says only one name that you got to be saved by. It wasn't through Mary, was it? It says there's but one name given under heaven whereby men must be saved, and that name is Jesus Christ. Now, Ruthie... There's also one birth. Hello? One birth that's important. Ruth, John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Catholics, do you see that? You can't get into heaven unless you're born again. Jesus went further when Nicodemus asked him, well, wait a minute, how can that happen? How can you be born when you're old? He says, don't, don't even worry about it. You cannot be born again except through the water, that doesn't mean baptism, that's taught about your physical birth, and through the Spirit, that is spiritual. The only way you could do it is you've got to get Jesus. Amen. Now, let me tell you something, Catholics. When you go praying to Mary, giving your sacrificial giving, do your rosary, and all of those things, they tell you, that, go check it out. Your priest will tell you, and if you don't believe me, why don't you come on over here and I'll show you the Bible, and you bring your priest and I'll show him. And let's see if he, who's got the truth, all right? I'll take you on. The fact is, 
You're working your way to heaven by doing your good deeds, by giving your indulgences to the priest to pay to get somebody out of hell, when, sorry, there is no such place as purgatory. Bible doesn't teach of a purgatory. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. The minute you die, that's a done deal. You, you already punched your ticket. There is no getting out of hell free card. This ain't Monopoly. Amen. The Bible says, when you go to hell, you go to hell. There's no purgatory. So when you give all those indulgences and stuff, you're working your way to heaven. Well, do good deeds get you into heaven? Well, Danny, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and Ruth, Titus 3, 5. Okay? Danny, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Read it loud and clear. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, why do you think God doesn't want you to work your way? Because if you did, and you could, you'd be up there bragging about what you did. God says, uh-uh, that ain't going to cut it. So, uh-uh, no works, it's only grace. Ruth, Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but... According to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done. It's not what you did. It's what Christ already accomplished. Hello, Catholics. The rosary is not on the cross. In fact, Jesus ain't even on the cross. Don't you know that he died? They buried him, and three days later he rose out of the tomb. You don't believe that? Go. You don't believe that? Well, then why in heaven do you have during the stations of the cross? It shows him raising up from the tomb. Why do you still got him on a cross? If you already know he rose up from the dead, because you got that in your stations of the cross and in your rosary, then why in heaven do you still got him on a cross? Because you think he's still atoning for your sin. Well, according to Hebrews, you put God to an open shame. You don't believe that? Go read Hebrews 6, 1 through 6. That's exactly what you do. But there's only one way to heaven. It's only through Jesus. The Bible says all our righteousness is as filthy, dirty, rotten, stinky rags. You can't do nothing good enough to get in. Now, Danny... I'm going to have you read one last verse for us tonight, and then we're going to give the invitation to our Catholic friends. Because Jesus is knocking. Jesus is knocking. Jesus is knocking at your heart's door tonight. Revelation 3 and 20. Ruth, come here. I need you, Ruth. Revelation 3.20. And we're going to have Danny read that. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Hello? Do you see that? Jesus said, I stand. I stand at your door. Beating away at that door. All you have to do is open it. 
just a little bit. He'll come in. He'll come into you. All you got to do is open the door a crack and he'll come in. But God, Jesus, is a gentleman. He's not just going to force his way into your life if you do not want him. He won't take you. But he loved you enough that he died on Calvary for you. You don't need to pray to Mary. You only need Jesus. There's only one. When you get saved, no, this ain't a freebie trip. It may, it may, salvation may be free, but it sure is not cheap. After you get saved, you got a job to do. You got a life to live that would be honoring and glorifying to your Savior. But the fact that you live a good life does not mean you're doing it to get in. It's because you are saved. It's a done deal. Lord Jesus, tonight, as we give the invitation, yes. Lord, we ask you to help our Catholic friends come home. Lord, they need you. I know I was one. But Lord, I thank God that somebody had the gall, the guts, and the backbone to stand up and say this is the truth. Lord, we ask now that you'd help our Catholic friends come to you Lord, we know you're standing at the door just knocking away. We ask, Lord, now that they would just open that door, let you in, so that, Lord, you could be their Savior. Help now, Lord, and bless the invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.